I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and it's my pleasure to share my journey with you guys via this blog. Now, it's not my intent to just kind of tell you what's been going on, but rather to illustrate my journey and highlight takeaways from me. So, if you've been following me for certainly this year, you'll know that I have been trying to put out a lot more beneficial content each and every day across all the various social platforms. So from TikTok to Twitter to Instagram, LinkedIn, Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook, and so forth. And I do that because I batch all of my content on the weekends and then I just schedule things out and so forth. And obviously I post as things happen. But uh, but this past week in particular has been extremely busy for a number of reasons all good reasons and it's kind of interesting to know you know like as much as I want to put out a lot of this stuff for you guys to benefit you guys at the end of the day none of it means anything if I don't actually you know walk the walk so to speak and so part of that has been editing my movie Part of that has been working on my book uh, and and then also, you know, my full-time job as well as any side things that come along. And in particular, last week, I did a lot of stuff with the Recording Academy, which is responsible for the Grammys. And, you know, just between my work and the Grammys in particular, that took up a lot of my time and then any other free time I had, I put into the movie. So for all intents and purposes... Uh, I've been, you know, it, it's been quite, quite exhausting, especially kind of going uh, nonstop for a couple of weeks now in that regard, because, you know, leading up to the Grammys, there was a lot of work involved with that. But, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all fun and it's all good. Um, one of the things that as I continue in my own journey, I really want to get to a place much like you know, I mean, my inspiration, certainly, you know, I don't think it's any secret is Gary Vee. And he's got a great uh, weekly vlog that he does and he chronicles his journey. And it's almost like, you know, a 45 minute documentary each week, which is incredible. And, you know, I would love to get to that level. When I was a kid, one of the ways I learned film editing and editing or just film in general was I used to film everything and then just kind of piece together documentary style and you know not that it was necessarily that good but like you know it was basically my version of a vlog very early on before there was even YouTube and I would love to kind of get back to that but obviously something like that takes a lot of work and so forth much more than this and you know as much as I love this I'd rather put that time into the bigger projects at least right now and kind of just grow from there. But that is my intent with this. And so I hope you continue with me on this journey. One of the interesting things about all this is that in terms of the entertainment industry, sometimes like a day can feel like a lifetime. And certainly yesterday being Sunday, the 26th, kind of felt like that. So I was working the Grammys, which you know, it was a big thing of itself. But coupled with that, you had the news of Kobe and his daughter. And, um, you know, so so essentially there was a lot of, there was a lot of highs, but there was also a lot of lows. And it's just interesting kind of grappling with that in a, in a 
in a large way because, you know, I mean, as far as me, like I was there to do a job for the Grammys and you kind of have to do it. And so you have to put everything out of mind in order to be able to do your job. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into a show like the Grammys and everyone there for the, you know, involved with the show has a, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, a major role to play without, you know, each individual, something, something could go wrong in a, in a way that, that would be revealing. And so, you know, we all have to be on the balls of our feet and sharp minded and so forth. And so while you're processing a tragedy like, like uh, the Kobe situation, you still have to put it in the back of your mind and move forward in that way. And it's kind of interesting, you know, no matter what, it's a weird dichotomy of, you know, life goes on, yet you want to honor the real quote unquote moments of life. And, you know, you kind of grapple with what is it all, what is it all for and who are you doing it for? And I think, you know, um, sometimes we do have to stop and think of, um, our fellow man and understand that like ultimately it is about human connection and that's what we're there for. And I did appreciate how Alicia Keys handled the loss and how kind of people respond in a lot of ways, uh, throughout the Grammys and, you know, their, their thoughts on what had happened. Now, granted, you know, um, that that's a big tragedy and big loss. And I say that not because I'm a basketball fan. I mean, I think Kobe was phenomenal, but I think what I was excited for was his growth into the things that he was doing beyond basketball. You know, his sort of what I think ultimately could have been his his bigger legacy. But you know, sadly, he never had the full chance to fulfill that. You know, but look at if you look at all the stuff he was doing, he already managed to make a major dent, more so than most people probably will in a lifetime. That's very exciting now. Again, the the sadness part of it being that imagine what he, more he could have done. But nonetheless, uh, and if I if I'm looking down, it's because um, I have some notes about all this, so that's why my eyes kind of go down there just to just to be fully transparent. But you know, you, while while that was a tragedy, you know, you, one of the things you have to you know, there's there's things happening all around us um, in the the way of the peaceful warrior there's a great quote there's never nothing going on and so whether it's the highest of highs or the lowest of lows there's always life happening around you and so that's why you know when people say they're bored or they can't find anything to do it's like you just got to open your eyes and there's life around you and there truly is and i think we have to be reminded of that each and every day and you know kind of honor that now it might sound, I don't know if hypocritical is the right word, but where, you know, I, I talk a lot about patience and, you know, not rushing things. And I think that's, like, as an artist, that that's true. Like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. You want to seize the moment, but at the same time, don't, don't uh, overrush things. And there's a fine balance there because I do believe, you know, a lot of aspiring artists just want to have everything done and not enjoy the journey. But I think part of the, you know, when I say seizing the moment, it doesn't mean like you just have to get everything done. It's about enjoying the ride. And so I want to make that very clear, especially in this day and age when, you know, now kind of 
people are considering is like, oh, you you have to do what you love and so forth. And I agree with that. And, you know, time isn't a given necessarily, but at the same time, that's not an excuse to just, I don't know. I, I think if you stress yourself out unnecessarily because you're like, I have to, you know, get X, Y, and Z done, that's, that's not part of it. No, you have to, you know, instead go after what you want to be doing and enjoy what you are doing. I think that's the real crux of what that message is ultimately about. So we shouldn't confuse the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's life going on each and every single day. And, um, I think we have to honor that. And I'd be very curious to know what your thoughts on that are, because, you know, when you look at it, there's still the Australian fires going on, um, on, on the high end of it, uh, the Royal Rumble happened. Um, so you had to, you know, alongside the Grammys, like there's always exciting things continually happening, but there's also negative things continually happening all at the same time. I mean, I can't imagine. I remember when the Amazonian fires were happening that didn't get reported for three weeks in major news outlets. So who knows what tragedies are out there? And, you know, I think Kobe is quite an inspiration, but imagine all the things that we're unaware of in the moment. And that's kind of sad, unfortunately. Um, and it's not to say like we can all pay. I, I think, uh, you know, we can definitely overwhelm ourselves by paying attention to too much. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily our job to know everything, but, um, but it is in how we act and what we choose to pay attention to that that actually does define us so i think that that's i don't know it's an important thing that came out for me yesterday um but as far as as far as my experience with the grammys like it was a it was a very enjoyable process you know uh to be honest i've never really watched the show that much um i'm much more of a movie guy so like oscars golden globes type of thing was always more of my speed and I was what I'm continually amazed at with the Grammys is the number of awards they have so you know for all intents and purposes they were giving out awards since like noon not all of it's televised on prime time but there was a lot of awards handed out and you know the the prime time stuff is more for the bigger awards quote unquote and I'm glad you know there all the stuff that you don't always get to see on on television, you know, goes up on through social media, YouTube, and so forth. So I was part of that team getting out there. I think that's really cool because all you know, obviously, you know, if someone wins a Grammy, and it might not be like um, record of the year, it's still a notable thing. It deserves to be honored, and so I'm glad that uh, that that's there. And the other aspect that I'm amazed with the Grammys, like, there's so much more to the Grammys. They put on events basically year-round. They do a lot of educational components. And the only travesty of all of that is I don't, most people don't know about it. And you know, I'm not in the music business per se, but I know plenty of people in the music space that don't know all the things that the Grammys are doing. And so I think you know, if there's one thing that I would hope for with my work, with the Grammys as it may continue is that, uh, that I can help spread kind of the good stuff that they are doing. Cause there's, there's a lot of it. Um, so that was fun. Um, one of the things 
then as I reflect upon it's and I work with more and more people um, and more and more clients and companies and so forth is how things are managed and and essentially how leadership operates. You know, I think good leadership is really about sort of having foresight and, you know, anticipating problems. And now granted, you're not going to anticipate every single problem, but when problems do arise, having a cool, calm and collected thought process to it. So that way you and your team don't panic and can solve that problem. I think it's also empowering people into their positions and too many times like there's the there's some companies that I work with where you don't necessarily have a clear idea of what's going on or what your role is and you know I don't think that's as I kind of look at the where things are headed I don't think that's fun for everybody anybody uh, most people they want to feel effective at their job it might not even be the job like that they absolutely love but nonetheless I'm sure most people would do a job if they felt like they were contributing to something. And that's where good leadership comes in. It's something that Simon Sinek talks a lot about, but having a, a why. One of the stories that he told on a podcast that he recently listened to recently, I don't know how recent it is for him, but he, he was talking about the Disney engineers. And the Disney engineers are basically in charge of everything but the movies and TV shows. And, you know, there's, there's this apparently like hard ass boss, but, you know, one of the things he like took time and stopped everyone. And he was like, um, he explained why he was essentially hard ass because, uh, there was a, you know, he, there was a, a, a father who was in a wheelchair with his daughter at Disney. And essentially as the story goes, he made everyone realize that at Disney, that father doesn't feel like he's in a wheelchair. He feels like any other father with his daughter at a theme park. Because the at Disney, it's a very handicap accessible and so forth. And, you know, when you, when he put it into that context, everyone that, you know, part of the Imagineering team and, and so forth that just thought he was a hard ass now understood why he was a hard ass because they understood what was at stake. And that's what true leaders do is they you know that there's an there's a real important why so that way you understand the what and how that you're going about these certain things you know once you know the why you're much more likely to get on board or it, it might not be your why and then you move on and find something that is your why but that that to me is good leadership uh you know i think people use the term i think a lot of quote-unquote leaders will use the term leader when they're in fact a boss a boss is just someone who doles out instructions and so forth but they're not empowering people so that to me is the real key difference and so it's kind of been interesting to to learn that um by by for the most part observing really good leaders um very few times and i've never really talked about you know there's been a couple of experiences um that i've had that you know um haven't been but i don't i don't like i don't like to highlight those the other part of you know being a good leader, also now that I think about it, because uh, I wrote it down, is the idea of making sure that everyone knows the priorities. And one of the things that I think about a lot about uh, today is 
the quality of something versus timing. And oftentimes, you know, you obviously want the highest quality, but at the same time, you don't want to miss certain things. So, for example, there was something that I worked on in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, it was based on an event that had happened and they wanted to make a highlight video. And, you know, the highlight video got done basically day of and sure, maybe a couple of changes here and there. You know, next day it was like, okay, let's let's fix this. Let's do that. But the next day it should have gone out realistically. Well, they kept being more and more rounds of notes throughout for this like a minute and a half highlight video of an event. And then it got like it basically turned into a week later where notes were still being doled out for this a minute and 30 video. And it's like it's not making the video that much better. And, you know, the 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 quality of it was in the timing of, of getting it out essentially day of, if not, you know, worst case the, the next day. That's when it has most relevance. You know, it has a timeliness to it. And so sometimes you got to consider the timeliness of something over the quality. Again, you don't want to necessarily, you don't want to put out shit, but at the same time, I, the, the, the types of notes that were being given, you know, you kind of have to really wonder and like, is this really making it that much better? It, and in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't. And so I think sometimes people shoot themselves in the foot. And I think that goes back to leadership of like, what's the real priority here? You know, can you can you see the, the forest from the trees? And I think a lot of that, like, I think a lot of bosses are very good at giving out very specific notes. But, and it, and it works in the micro, but... It, is it the right thing in the macro? It's something that a lot of people like when they have to cut expenditure or so forth, rather than change the culture of something to to really kind of elevate the product and bring in more revenue and so forth. Like, you know, when, when cash flow is, is like a thing, they just immediately slash the budget, fire people and so forth because it's an immediate tangible result. But no one really considers is that the best for the long term. And ironically, the companies that do survive in the long term actually have, you know, they have that longer term approach. Steve Jobs, very early on, they were making, they were ready to finalize like a computer that they had, but it didn't have a graphic user interface. And they they saw this technology and they're like, we, we have to, we have to do that. And everyone in Steve Jobs circle was like, this is nuts. Like we've already spent millions. We're going to, we would miss deadline. Um, this, this would bury us. And you know, his famous response is, well, better us than anyone else, because he knew that, that in order to make the best product, like he had to make that shift, which sounds ironic, especially given the fact that I'm talking about quality versus timing. But in that instance, that's a good marksman of leadership because you know, that, that deadline was arbitrary to, to a certain extent. And, you know, while, while they suffered that, you know, kind of slight thing, it led to the Mac and, and hind, like when you look at it now, it, it was the most, it, it was a bold move, but it was a genius move because it, you know, led to the Apple computer. 
And mind you, it could have very well blown up in his face and they could have blew up the company. But in that sense, Steve Jobs was willing to do that because he believed in a far bigger purpose than just profit. He, you know, when we talk about the why of leadership, he had a strong why to, to make personal computers accessible to the, the, the average person. I mean, you know, it's incredible that everyone, we take computers for granted in today's day and age, but you know, back then it was pretty unthinkable that the average person could operate a computer and you know, the computer that they were going out with, you would have to code. So, uh, and the average person wasn't going to, you know, think about them trying to learn how to code and stuff. So the graphic user interface was a game changer. And so these are kind of things that I think about when I, when I look at leadership and so forth and, you know, quality versus timing and so forth. So sometimes you do have to make a bold move, but you have to, you know, ultimately a minute 30 video um, that was a highlight reel of just this fun event. You know, that is not the same as like the core of your entire business, which was, you know, computers. So it, to, a, apples and oranges in that instance. And this is something that I think about a lot with the things that I do with, you know, the people that I try to work with and so forth, both if I'm the leader for them or if I'm you know, in, in a position where they're the leader. So, um, speaking of leadership, I guess, um, this weekend we did some additional filming for the feature film that I've been putting together. And I don't call it reshoots because nothing was reshot. It was all additional stuff. Now, sometimes people just call it reshoots. But, you know, I, listen, any movie, reshoots has such a negative connotation and even if it was reshoots, like just in film in general, like every movie, you know, you're not going to get it 100%, like as well-intentioned as you are. You know, it's a process. It's a creative journey. And it's a lot of collaborators coming together to make a movie. And you're just going to need, you know, once you have certain clarity and it's in the edit bay and so forth, you're like, oh, this doesn't work quite like what we needed to. But, you know, we have an opportunity. Why don't we, if we get this shot, you know, it'll make the story stronger or flow better, whatever the case may be. And so that's what we did. We wanted to strengthen a couple of the story arcs and a couple of the moments. And so we're like, well, let's let's kind of just add in a couple of quick things that we didn't shoot. Um, and let's make it happen. And luckily, all the actors were willing that, that we needed. And so we went back and it was a fun little mini reunion. And, you know, one of the, one of the tougher parts of it was a lot of it, 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 it's, you know, because it's not like these are, this was always in the script and because we're altering certain intentions. Now you have to kind of explain to them, you know, what this stuff is being used for. And in fact, there's like a, a, not a, a nightmare sequence, a hyper real sequence that's supposed to happen. And, and, you know, you're trying to get someone to react to certain specific moments and it, you know, I, I understand from the actor's point of view how tough that can be to process this information when you have like no context. And so for me, I have to provide that context. And for the most part, I, 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 and I, I can't take the credit for it because I didn't think it was necessarily me. But um, I was lucky enough to have my producer Courtney Stewart there with me, and I, you know, I asked her from the get go, like, hey, can you be there as well? Because she's the one who had some of these very specific notes, and they were spot on. And, and in order for to make it work, I wanted to make sure, because 
I wanted to make sure I was focusing on filming because I was doing the camera work. And sometimes when I'm doing camera work, it's tough to fully watch the performance of things because you're trying to, you know, at the same time focus that you're not shaking. I'm also doing the sound and so forth. So there's a lot that's happening. And while, you know, I shot the movie in this way and like was 95% successful with it in that sense, you know, that 5%, like some of the performances need to be finessed. Uh, you know, because I, that's the 5% that I wasn't paying attention to. And so, you know, some of those very specific moments. And so Courtney, I said, Hey, come with me. So that way you can watch the performance and I'll focus on camera. That way we get everything that we need and boom. And it was great because she, she is not only a producer, but she's an actor herself. And so she knew how to communicate with them in a level that, uh, like I'm not an actor. I, I talked about how to work with actors in the past where you want to give them contacts and, you know, let them as a character make certain choices. You want to provide the landscape, if you will, rather than give them like, a, you know, in layman's term, a line reading. But nonetheless, she has a, you know, she can speak even more on their level, if you will, than I ever could. And so that, that was really cool. And I think that the results were fantastic. And so now, you know, we have the final piece of the movie to, you know, take it from, 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 in my opinion, really good to now great. So I'm very excited to put that in. Again, timing-wise, like, uh, you know, it's just been nonstop in the past couple of weeks. But uh, but nonetheless, things keep moving. It's um, it's interesting how, you, you know, you just, just, you know, last week was Martin Luther King uh, Day. And I know, I, I, I'm just continually reminded of his quote, if you can fly, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. Uh, if you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, just keep moving. And you know, interestingly enough, like there were certain times like I wasn't able to fly, certainly, <laughs> but I nonetheless have gotten all the things that I need to get done just by simply just continuing to move forward slowly by slowly but surely. And um, yeah, I don't. Know, I'm just really reminded by that quote, and so I, it's it's been a good motivating factor in all of this especially you know certainly this week is not going to be that much easier in terms of the workload but um you know part of it is self-inflicted is not the right word because it implies a negative connotation whereas all this ultimately is is a lot of fun you know um you know one of, one of the other things that i thought about um you know, post the Grammys, especially, you know, um, like that was a grueling experience, but, uh, you know, the, the, the testament of any greatness is the ability to just, just continue going forward consistently and not necessarily consistently at like the most epic pace. I think too many people, you know, pride themselves on like working way too hard. It's like, listen, you're going to burn yourself out eventually. Like, uh, listen, I've been in a spot where I, I I had the ability to do that for years, but then eventually it caught up to me. So I think the real greatness is and being able to continually work um, so on and so forth in spite of everything. And so when I look at the Grammys, like that was a grueling day, but then I, you know, I had to wake up this morning and continue that journey. And so you find pockets of rest and and so forth. And, you, you know, it's part of it's making wise choices and so forth having a good system in place, you know, whether, you know, how you eat, how you sleep, um, how you take care of, you know, organization and so forth, all these various things add up. So, 
you know, the, the key to a successful life is doing the small things correctly because they add up to bigger things. And I'm a big component, I'm a big advocate of that. Um, but I think too many other people, sometimes they go through like a major event, like, you know, like the Grammys and all of a sudden, you know, then they can't, they need too much of a, a recovery period. And I think give yourself a little bit of a recovery period. Sure. We all need it, especially after major things, but, um, but true success is being able to, okay, get back to it. And, you know, I, I have an interesting relationship with success where like, I don't necessarily, I'm not at the, you know, I still want to accomplish a lot, but I already have accomplished a lot. Um, and I think it would be proper to like, for me to boast like, oh, I'm so, I'm so successful. No, that's not what I'm saying. But nonetheless, I know that, you know, to achieve, for me, it's about like, in order to achieve the things that I want to, I know that I have to keep going. And so, you know, this morning I have to get up. Um, you know, I but by the way, you know, for me, I allowed myself to sleep until seven thirty, which for me, that's sleeping in. So, you know, you do things here and there to kind of alleviate for that, um, for the, for those grueling moments. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, overall, in terms of what I've been up to, that's some of the main things. Um, I haven't been going to the movies as much. Um, well, certainly last, last week I did not see any movies in the theaters, which, you know, so when you know me, you know, that's kind of a sad thing because I love movies, but, um, but sometimes, you know, in certain situations, when people talk about a, uh, a work-life balance, I think they have it all, I, I think they have it wrong in the sense that, A, there should be a work integration, like work should be integrated into your life. And it, and it shouldn't be like this negative thing. And, and, you know, so I will admit I'm very blessed to be able to do what I enjoy 95, if not 99% of the time. You know, there's certain things like, uh, you know, even with like my own work administratively, like having to upload and create thumbnails and so forth, that can get a little um, tiresome or tedious at times but that's part of the process and but and so we all have to do it so that, that's just in life in general that comes with the territory no matter what but nonetheless you know i i recognize that i'm very blessed to be able to do the things that i want to do and uh, i sort of a little bit lost the train of thought there but, but the idea being what was the idea that, that um that yeah okay so work life integration you want to have the ability to try to integrate your work as part of your life rather than seeing it as separate, uh, number one, because, you know, that's the real balance of it. Like, can, can your work fulfill you rather than just like this thing that you have to go off and do when work is truly as the, you know, work is a very harsh term for all intents and purposes. Like I don't look at my work as work. It's, um, it's things I get to do. I'm trying to I'm trying to grasp for a word of that. That's truly one that I'm intending for this, but right now it's just not coming to me. Um, if you have one, comment, let me know. But anyway, the, the idea being that um, I, I also think like part of that balance means knowing that you know it's it's like a bottle of water. You know, as you kind of shift it, it's balancing itself, but it's not always gonna be fully fully you know, just level the entire time. It's always going to be in flux. And I, I think that's what, 
work-life integration really is about, you know, there's going to be times like right now where you have to roll up your sleeves and not go, for me, not go to the movies as much because there's other things that there are bigger parties in this moment but that that can change and so forth and you know you have to allow yourself those moments of rest too um but it, you know to say like oh each and every day i need like three hours of yoga and i need to do x y and z and that's, that's not that's impossible that's not work-life integration that's not work-life balance if you want to call it that it, it's just a fantasy the real work-life integration is about knowing what your priorities are at a certain point. And sometimes, you know, if your friendships, you know, have to get put on the side because, you know, God forbid, let's say you're dealing with illness in a family. Well, then you would hope that your friends are strong enough uh, in, in terms of your relationships with them that they understand that. And in fact, would support you. Um, sometimes, you know, in my case right now, work is the heavier load. And so my friends understand that, you know, right now I'm not going to be there, but if they truly need me, yes, I will be there. And then, you know, when work slows down, then, you know, we get to hang out and so forth. And it's, and part of that is the ability to, you know, I think not to toot my own horn, but part of why I feel like people do trust me and why I have maintained really deep friendships is because, People know like when I'm unavailable, it's because I'm not just blowing them off. I'm doing something. But then when I'm them, I give them my all. Like they are my priority. Just like, you know, right now my work is my priority. But when I'm with them, they're my priority. And, and people, I think, recognize that. People, I've, you know, I'm lucky enough to have friends that see that and value that. And they, in turn, give me the same respect. So I, I thank them very much. Also, shout out last week, uh, you know, even though as busy as I was last week, I had scheduled uh, this thing, uh, an interview with Ken Knapsack on the Knapsack Files, and it's something that we've been trying to, you know, get together for for a while now, um, just, you know, schedules being as they were, and it was not something that I was going to miss no matter what, so I had a blast doing that, so thank you, Ken. I would encourage you to check out that episode, not because of me, but just in general, um, I think he's a great guy. You don't even have to check out my episode, but just check out his series in general. He's a fantastic, fantastic human being that I've known for six years now, actually. So it's incredible. And to see see him grow in the ways that he has, um, I'm just privileged to to have been part of that journey for, or you know, in whatever capacity that I have been. Anyway, I think I've rambled enough. Um, these are just the things that have been happening with me. But if there's anything that you want me to talk about specifically, whether in my vlog or in any of the other videos that I do, by all means, let me know and feel free to share your thoughts and comments. And the more specific you are, if you have questions, then the more of a specific answer that I can give you. One of the things that, um, you know, right now I make a lot of the statements that I do kind of general because I want it to apply to as many people as that I can. Uh, you know, and when I say many people as I can, that being like aspiring artists, but, uh, but yeah, one of, I, I will say one of the things that you, you guys don't see unless you like actually know me and we interact on a one-to-one -one level is my ability to contextualize and help people problem solve. And that's where I'm great at. And so if, you know, in, in lieu of that to, to a certain extent, if you comment and the more specific you are, well, the more specific I can give you an answer. And I truly, truly enjoy that. Anyway, 
thanks for taking the time to tune in. I hope you managed to take away uh, some things because, after all, that's why I do it. So, uh, I'm at Phil Speedback on social media, and I'll see you next time.